Welcome to Mastering Your Thirties, a podcast to guide women in their thirties about how to relax, enjoy the ride, and make investments for their future health, wealth, and well-being, and for women beyond their thirties to share their wisdom and experience with others. I am Alain Bakan, health and nutrition coach and founder of Health & Co. In this episode, my guest is Kristen Marie Quickless, the period empress who developed a pragmatically driven zero substance, zero risk solution to eradicate pain, PMS, irregular menstrual cycles, and symptoms of graduated period problems through her own system, Fierce Gentleness. Result of her work on herself, she's case numbers three, and her clients prove that the womb is not broken just out of balance. So she believes we can balance it and up-level our lives in the process. I'm so happy to talk about the period dilemma and all the ways we can normalize the talk about the period. Understanding the need for the different phases of our cycle, respecting our body and arranging ourselves according to it can be one of the best self-respect methods. And I think Kristen's way of categorizing our cycle can be an eye-opening explanation of what is happening in our body and show us some best ways to address it. I hope you will enjoy this episode as much as I do while I, I was recording it. If you have any questions or comments, you are always welcome to leave them at www masteringyourthirties.com Hi Christine, how are you? Well, how are you? Um, thank you, thank you. I'm really good and uh, I'm so glad to see you. Like for those who are listening us, Christine has the m most beautiful hair that I Everything. So she <laughs> is beautiful, but her hair especially is gorgeous. So Christine, welcome, welcome. So can you please tell us about yourself? Yes, my name is Christine Marie Quigless, and I am the period empress. And I'm really honored to take such a huge title. And I do that because I want people, I want to disarm people into thinking that I do with periods what everybody else in the niche does with periods, and that is to treat the symptoms. I work with the cause, and because of my work with the cause, we're able to remedy the symptoms, and that is why I like to use something that takes that divorces me from the status quo, and that's what I spend my time doing, and that truly is my passion. Wow. That's a strong mission, uh, and that uh, and can you please tell us how you are doing it, and how did you started to focus on this subject that is relating to us very dearly? <laughs> yes, yes, um, yes. It was never a purposeful move. Uh, my mm. period work. It was never like. I'm going to solve the period and I'm going to go 
um, where I'm going to major in biology and become a doctor and all of that stuff. That was not part of my journey. Mm -hmm. Um, My journey is that I failed sixth grade and my school said that I needed to uh, repeat the grade. And my mother was like, I need a second opinion. She got an IQ test for me and it showed that I was really smart. And that test qualified me for another school. It allowed me to go to the next grade without repeating, but in another school system because the school where I was refused to let me continue. And from that day on, accelerated academic program. So I was really scared. And I had been told that I, I was intelligent, but I also wasn't. And so with that mixed message, I had to make it work. Mm-hmm. That was my first really great hack was figuring out how to hack the school system, figuring out how to get high grades, knowing that the normal way of learning through the mental wasn't available to me. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I learned to look. I learned how to figure out what teachers were going to put on tests. I learned which teachers dealt in personality uh, credit for your mm-hmm. grade versus what's actually on the page. And mm-hmm. I learned how to make it through the school system like that, um, even though the whole time there was this inner knowing, inner knowing in quotation marks, mm-hmm. that I was not intelligent. And so because I I really got my Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours doing that, I learned how to see systems. And I learned that actually the way to be the system is not to be the expert within it, but to look at it from the outside and to trust the simplicity of it. Because if everybody can do it, like getting a high grade in school in an academic system, going to a good university, you know, all of those things, a lot of people can do that. Mm-hmm. They do it with no sleep. You know, you, I don't know how well you do the U.S. school system. It's very, very competitive. You have to out AP, out IB, out extracurricular, out service work, everybody how do you do that with no time? There is a way, but it's not in the conventional way of learning. You've got to learn to hack the system. And so that's where my work started, that I worked with my hacking the system work with fashion, with chess prep, with ACT, SAT, GRE, and GMAT, and then with the period. But what happened is that I was with a student teaching her how to beat the SAT just in a regular session. Um, And of course, how to beat it is not through intelligence at all Mm -hmm. and so I'm working with her to get her out of that to get her into that mind shift and I see her face and she is in pain and I say oh my gosh you're cramping this is through a computer I can't Mm -hmm. smell or see her but I can see the I I knew that face because I lived that face I had seen that face for two decades Mm -hmm. with my period Mm -hmm. and so I looked at her and I said And she said, yeah, I'm in pain, but I'm going on birth control pills soon and I won't be in any more pain. And that is absolutely not true. You can look up any birth control, any brand, and they're going to all tell you the same thing. This is a way to treat the problem, but it is not a solution. And it does not, it does not fix it. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I knew it was in store for her. I said, I wish there was a way. And it was like, when I said that wish, because I said, oh, I wish there was a way, but there's not. And then I realized, wait a second. And all the research that I had been doing every month, 
in pain on the on the bathroom floor in pain after vomiting after like a sleepless night in the bathtub just dying on my day one in so much pain with the computer going is there a solution listening to audiobooks reading books doing all of this stuff all this hormone therapy all these birth all this birth control having surgery um multiple surgeries for my own problems mm-hmm. it all clicked and i realized the system all wrong the womb is actually quite perfect what if it was perfect what if it like all the other systems i've had is actually quite simple if we let it be Mm -hmm. that was how i got to the work i just started listening i did have some outside knowledge because of all the years of of just work but that was kind of like percolating through my body it wasn't information that i learned directly and intentionally and i think That is the first demonstrator of our power as people born with a uterus is that we actually don't learn best like this, like one plus one is two, one plus one is two, two plus two is four. We actually don't learn that way. We actually learn through realization, through receiving the information, letting it percolate through us, letting it root and then bloom as this inner knowing. That's like a power that we have been denied. And and it worked for me. And that's how I came up with my system because mm-hmm. it all just made so much sense. And then I just tested it, tested it, tested it because I could not believe that it was working. Well, what, a, what an interesting story. And I think you are a kind of an investigator, right? Like piecing, like getting together all the pieces, like solving a puzzle. So what is your system? Of course, you cannot tell everything about it but can you give us a general idea about your system yes um in a nutshell the the name of the system is called the fierce gentleness system or fierce gentleness framework Mm. and it's because it's something so obvious i think all of us think that we are gentle um but we mistake gentleness we mistake self-sacrifice for being gentle and kind Mm -hmm. that's actually not gentle because you are doing harm to the person that can't do any of the services that you offer and the world can't benefit from those services if you're not being gentle to the, the source of that, which is you. Yeah. And so I call it fierce gentleness because the fierceness part is the willingness to do something that is absolutely controversial and 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 against, it contradicts what we are groomed to be which is we're groomed to be quiet and of service and just good people, just good girl. Mm. And you have to go against that. And that's the fierce part. And people really like being fierce. So I kind of tapped into that. And so I call it a fierce gentleness because you have to dare to be kind to yourself first. Mm -hmm. And once you are willing to do that, and that's actually a lot of my work, it's not, the program itself is quite simple. You show up for 10 minutes a day, You hear the information, you absorb it, you might watch the video or you might just listen or both. And I I really try try to cater to neurodivergency. So I like to have as many media available. Um, But you show up each day, 10 minutes a day, you receive the information passively or actively, and then you let it work through you. And you get the directions about 30 to 60 to 90 days later, you start to not be able to do what you used to do the information has done that thing 
it's percolated, it's rooted, and it's bloomed in you as an inner knowing. But because you've reinforced it, you haven't just said, I'm taking a me day and I'm going to use affirmations for three days. That You use them and then they disappear. But you've reinforced them passively through a variety. It's all the same information just being received in a variety of ways. And that reinforcement makes it so that you get to the point where you recognize I am in the process of sacrificing for others and I'm going to knowingly do it. Oh, I'm in the process of sacrificing for others and I'm going to pause and I still need to do it, but I know that I'm closer to the day when I won't. I'm going to I'm in the process of sacrificing for others and I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to bow out gracefully. I'm not going to bow out in a way that is not in alignment with me. But that journey to being able to say no without performing it, without feeling like an activist, without feeling like you are stepping out of yourself, without condemning who you were so that you can be somebody else, that is a process that needs gentleness if it's going to stay in your life. Yeah. Otherwise, it's as useful as all the things that don't work, diet, exercise, hormones, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the Fierce Gentleness Framework is this daily reinforcement of ways that you can be kind to yourself and it covers all eight facets of the wheel of life spirituality work money food health family and relationships hobbies it's a time it's about how you're being in the world because ultimately and my work proves this who you be is the solution to your menstrual problems, not what you're doing, taking, what operation you've had, who your doctor is, etc. Mm -hmm. I know it's a bit obtuse, but the solution is one that we haven't, we haven't, it hasn't existed before. So it's got to feel a little weird. Yeah. But like, actually... What you say is so right when we are thinking about it, because our period interacts with all, all those things, right? Like you are mentioning, with our work, with our time, with our family, uh, with everything. So it, it's very important to, when we are trying to understand our period, we also understand its effect on all those things, right? And also manage it gracefully like you said so uh so do you have a specific length for your program or is it up to the uh, to your to the need of your client um the program used to be very strictly enforced it used to be a drip feed online mm -hmm. course so that you had to show up each day because it's that consistency that makes such a difference mm -hmm. But people really struggle to do that because what happens is that when we show up to something and things start to change, even if it's the change we wanted, change is so scary that and and are familiar that jail cell of pain is part of our identity. So when our identity starts to be challenged, we will abandon the change in order in exchange for the familiar, even if it hurts us. Think about abused children, abused uh, partners. They go back and it's not because they want to. It's just because we're hardwired to seek shelter and familiarity. 
And so I stopped doing that because I felt like I was punishing the uh, my clients for mm -hmm. wanting for, for doing what's natural. And so when I moved the course from a standalone process to the membership community, what I did was I made it so that you can stop where you are. So you can you check off each day that you do or the course acknowledges that you did that part. Mm -hmm. But then when you need a break, I have other things that you can go to that are just as nutritious in the vein of of acknowledging and enforcing and encouraging our powers, our superpowers as people born with a uterus. So it's this wonderland where you don't have to do just the same thing each day. It's highly strongly recommended. And I I break down the programs in the phases of the membership into quarters, so three-month marks, so that you have plenty of time to do the course. I even shortened it from 90 days to 60 days so that people, I could account for that middle time where people go, it's happening, I'm scared. And I put it in a community so that they can report to the community and say, I'm scared. I'm a, I feel like I'm about to lose everything. I, I'm having fights with my husband, with my children, and I'm trying to do it right. What's going on? And then other people can say, I was there. This is what I did. You know, and I realized it really does need as much cushion mm. as possible because we live in a world that is like, you do it, no pain, no gain, no guts, no glory. And that kind of motivation is really powerful for people who are born without a uterus because they they very much depend on the third eye chakra. And on the third eye chakra is eyes and ears. That's their power chakra, but ours is actually heart. So the length of the of the initial of phase one, which is the most important phase, because you can't add on working on worthiness and money and career. You can't add that on if you don't have this foundation. Our wounds in the middle of the body. If you're in pain or any kind of imbalance, if you don't balance that, then what's going to stay that you add to a foundation that is fault? Yeah. So it's 60 days is the foundational course that's called ending period pain in 10 minutes a day, 60 mm -hmm. 10 minute days. But within mm -hmm. that is also a course dedicated to creating rest in your life, creating um, it's called the nine day radical restorative. It's mm -hmm. also a way to preserve the menstrual time, the menstrual phase itself, those first three days of necessary restoration that is that course helps that we also have the expansion course which helps you really expand the amount of breath and oxygen that you take we use box breathing mixed with uh meditations on what it means to be a a person born with a uterus and what those superpowers are mm -hmm. and since the heart is in this area the, the below the neck really having as much space as we can there is also really powerful. So those are the three like major components of that time when you're shifting EMS-free regular lane cycles. Yeah. Wow. So uh, as we are focusing women in their 30s, I think, you know, period is a huge chunk of 30s, right? And usually we, we arrange we try to arrange our life according to our period, around our period. And some people are really lucky they don't have as many system, symptoms as uh, the other ones, but some people, they have big difficulties, like they are suffering a lot. So 
uh, what would you recommend them to start with? The first thing I would say is that someone like me who had just the worst symptoms you can have, it mm -hmm. turned out that that was a God shot because it mm -hmm. forced me to get in alignment with my period. And that makes me more effective, more impactful. I do not waste time anymore mm -hmm. uh, in the way that I used to. More confident, more um, successful mm -hmm. because I have no way to go. I cannot, the toothpaste cannot go back in the tube. Mm -hmm. I can't go back there. And what I'm trading for the pain that I was in is, is easeful impact. Mm -hmm. And so people who are in a lot of pain, they have the biggest hoop to jump through because they know, first of all, they have this impediment called learned helplessness. And so this is definitely a part of answering that question. Learned helplessness is the is the phenomenon, and it was coined by Marty Seligman at UPenn in the 60s. It's the phenomenon where when you are told there is nothing you can do to help yourself or when you've had a traumatic event happen over and over again, And you're constantly told there's nothing you can do. So give up and figure out how to make comfort in your suffering. Then it is very hard to change. It is very hard to accept that something could change. And so those people like me are facing learned helplessness. And that will be their biggest obstacle. And that's why, again, I work with a community Mm -hmm. Because we can each one teach one and we don't have the chance to be uniquely suffering. And and so I would say the first thing that they can do is acknowledge that you have learned helplessness. And the reason I know you have it, anybody who's hearing this and is suffering and has been to the doctor and has tried six doctors to get this diagnosis and then did this birth control and then had this surgery and lost this relationship and lost that job all for the period. I know that you have it because every doctor you've gone to has said there isn't a cure, but we can try this. There's nothing mm -hmm. we can do. But unless if this gets worse, then we're going to have to do a hysterectomy. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of stuff of like, there's nothing we can do. But bleh, like mm -hmm. that is so dangerous. And so and it's really difficult because our doctors are there to help us. They are giving the best that they can. The mm -hmm. problem is that the medical approach to solving a problem that's non-medical It's not, it's not going to happen. I do not pay an electrician to fix my pool, <laughs> you know, but we understand that since the problems are manifesting in our body, because the problems do not come from our body, it is what we're feeding it emotionally, intuitively, and mentally. So if we don't treat this, these three bodies that are in the ether that are not existent, we can't see them. The medicine, just like a mechanic, they're going to go to what the problem is and fix that one problem, yeah. not realizing that it's whack-a-mole when you don't fix the symptoms. Yeah. You know, it's not the car that's broken, it's the driver. And so, so the first thing that they can do is recognize that they have learned helplessness, recognize that doctors do want to help, but as long as we are intervening only the physical with the physical, the problems are going to keep coming. And here's the easiest one slow down simple but not easy especially in your 30s because that is the proving ground that is the time when you are going to you are trying to cement the, your career trajectory so you want to be above and beyond you do not think to go fast it would be to go slow to go fast 
But I offer the I offer the tortoise and the hare story. I offer the very clear effect of a slingshot. Mm. When we go backwards and we let ourselves fly into the future or fly into easeful with easeful impact, we accomplish more and we are better in the workplace. And so that is what happens is you have to take this massive risk. Oh my gosh, I'm going to trade my pain, my career. I'm going to trade what little I have as I'm trying to hold everything together with all I've got. I'm going to trade that to be comfortable, rested, and to offer solutions that are coming out of me, but I I don't know why it's so easy and it's freaking me out and it's not happening the way that everybody said it's supposed to happen and the way that I was raised and it's not happening with effort. You have to mm-hmm. trade that. That's really hard. But that is the that is what I would say to do. I know this also goes for people who don't have some physical pain, but are going through some emotional phases, right? Like, uh, and the thing is, I think that there is also some name calling going on during this time. Uh, not only from men, but I think from maybe sometimes from woman to woman, and sometimes it starts from ourselves. We said, "Oh, I feel so like crazy. I feel like, uh, like all these like name callings." Yeah. So, and I think we should maybe start by renaming those phases, right? Renaming those emotions and also understanding those emotions. Well. I do appreciate semantics. I think they're very important. So mm-hmm. I think that renaming is important as long as it is renaming in a way that resonates mm-hmm. below the neck. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that we spend too much time. I mean, the menstrual phases are called luteal, follicular, ovulatory, yeah. menstrual. That means nothing to us. Nothing to us, yeah. You know, I use embodied names, soldier phase, peacemaker, queen, priestess to hit people at where they're kind of operating in each phase, mm-hmm. you know? And, and can you a little bit describe those phases for us, like in very quickly, yeah, so that people can start understanding your way of thinking and the methods, like? Yes, and and everything I do, I'm going to take my scarf off now. It's so mm-hmm. old where I live, mm-hmm. but like talking about this just makes me just, woo! Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so what I'm really into is going with the flow of things, mm. going with what's obvious. I'm really into ease. I always have been to a fault where my parents were like, you're going to uh, you're going to amount to nothing because you're always trying to find the easiest way. But I love it. Yeah. And so that's where these embodied names came from. Mm-hmm. And so I'll go in order of the phases um, as they are actually existing, not medically. Medically, your day one is when you start your shedding. But okay. like, tell me what rock concert you went to where you showed up as they were t- loading out the materials and, mm-hmm. and like the trash trucks were er, er, like going out. Mm-hmm. Like that is an ending. You know, and so that's where my begin. That's where my thought process already starts. It's like, look at how obvious our body is. Yes, yes. Oh, this is definitely not the first phase. That's the last one. So the first one is soldier phase, mm. and it's soldier phase. It's a. It starts a few days after our menstrual shedding ends, like one or two days after mm-hmm. our shedding ends, 
And where the previous phase, the menstrual phase, which I call priestess, where you were flat on your back, you weren't eating a lot of food, you weren't taking, you weren't conversing with a lot of people, you were really in your world because there was inner restoration happening, necessary. The same effect of a, of a person born with a uter- without a uterus sleeping at night and restoring fully, we don't restore like that each night. We need this time. Our body shuts down and we have low energy for a reason. It expects mm-hmm. that. So that rest, like the slingshot, yeah. the more we rested, the farther we're going to fly. And we are we have testosterone pumping in us. We are really excited to be out of the cave, yeah. you know, or like you come from back from a vacation where you actually rested. You're like excited to get back to work. You have so many ideas. And just like a soldier, I say soldier ninja because you are serving this like higher purpose, which is like all the ideas that that priestess kind of downloaded for you. And so you're you're in soldier phase. That's the time to start ideas. That's the time to start new new habits. That's the time to start learning something new, to start a new job, to um, to start project planning, you know, and I go through it for the business world and for solopreneurs. I have different programs where we go through. These are all the things that you should do in soldier phase, but I'm going to keep it kind of as general as I can mm-hmm. because we're dealing with being 30 in our 30s, not necessarily our 30s and a nurse, you know, so I'm not going to push too hard in one way um, uh, talking about jobs only. But in all eight facets, they're all affected by each phase that we're in. And even how we eat in soldier phase, we are eating a lot more food because we have come out of hibernation. We fed off of what we had stored up during queen phase. But now we need to start eating again because we've got so much energy and we want to feed the fire because we are moving on the fastest that we're going to move in the entire cycle. Mm-hmm. This is the phase that most people think is what they're in all the time. And interestingly enough, this phase is probably the shortest of all of them. You're there mm-hmm. for like four or five days. You're not there very long. Um, the next one is peacemaker phase. And in Peacemaker, when I show the images of these phases, she's like this hippie, like pregnant woman wearing all white. And that's because pregnant women are the one group that our society allows to take full license and control of their lives without asking for permission. Because Uh we are stewarding this life. We're living our purpose. You know, it's so awful how how we're not allowed to do that all the time and we're not allowed to do that unless we're pregnant but i tell people i tell people when you're in doubt about whether or not to assert yourself in a certain situation imagine that you're either pregnant because pregnant women are allowed to or that you are a cis white male and it's not because i hate cis white male males um there are many in my life it's actually because they have a sense of entitlement that they have no idea they have And that sense of entitlement actually does make it very easy to give them what they want because it's just what is done. And so when you come in and you're really embodying that energy, you too will experience the benefits of that. And so peacemaker phase is the time when you are finessing all of the things that Soldier Ninja started 
Peacemaker is finessing these directives and saying, yes, I know last week I said that these are the boundaries I'm setting and, uh, and this is how it's going to be. But let me explain to you how that's a huge benefit for both of us. Let me explain all the ways that me asserting myself and thriving in the world is going to benefit you in all eight facets of the wheel of life. And so that's happening and that's happening in all spheres as well. Home, work, spiritual, all of them. And service, of course. And then the next phase is queen phase. And queen phase lasts the longest. That's the luteal phase. Mm -hmm. And queen phase... I like I like this thing, Queen, because first of all, the Queen is in the castle. So where Soldier was out in the fields with the people and Peacemaker is handling the people, a little bit more elevated, but handling still with the people, Queen is behind a gate in the castle, making the real decisions off with your head or tell me why you should live. And Queen is debating these big questions about her kingdom about how you know all of these this is the time that we know as when pms shows up mm-hmm. and the reason pms shows up i did a i did a, an interview two days ago and the guy said um here's some trivia for you uh researchers have found that pms actually may be a way a means of survival that kept people from eating poisonous vegetables because the senses were more activated and the woman could be more discriminating. And so that's why PMS was a good thing. But I actually, and this is from experience and the experience of my clients, what I see is that PMS is an effect. It is just simply an effect of our awareness about our kingdom. Our awareness is just higher. We are more emotional. We are mentally very strong. Physically, our energy is wavering. And so we're more aware of, I can do this right now. I'm not going to do this. We're more just like taking care of ourselves instead of everybody else. And those awarenesses that come up are basic things. Like, I think I don't like uh, my son riding in carpool with this with this group in the morning. You know, these, these niggling little things. And also... I think that I'm going to get a new job. Like these realizations, these things that are happening in all the other phases, but our ears are not open because every phase has an agenda. Mm-hmm. They have a certain, if a firefighter walks into a movie theater, they're going to see a certain thing. If a ballerina walks into a dance theater, they're going to think about something else. If a lighting designer walks into a theater, they're going to see They have different agendas. Our faces have different agendas. And so queen is the agenda that is like, how do I thrive? How do I make my kingdom better? Or how do I fix my broken kingdom? And those realizations are so unable to be pushed under the water like they were in the other two phases that when we have, if we've been pushing them and not addressing them, each time queen phase comes around, then we have explosions because we resent the fact that we're aware of this stuff and we haven't done anything about it. And we blame you when actually it's us not asserting ourselves. And when we do, oh my gosh, we don't have PMS because we're just solving our problems. So that's queen phase. And the last phase is priestess phase. Go to the temple, doors are shut, not a lot of food, not a lot of interaction. And we're like, this is when the intuitive body Work on the system of the whole being having four parts, intuitive body, mental body, physical body, emotional Mm -hmm. body. 
that intuitive body is on fleek and the physical body is out mm. so that you can really just download in a totally irrational, irrational way. You're suddenly like, oh, I know what the answer is. Oh, so all the things that Queen came up with that were problems in, in your world. Priestess says this matters, this matters, this matters. This doesn't matter. It's going to be worked out like and 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 so you see all four phases work in concert on every part of your life when you lean into them. Oh, my God. Like, I can really picture it, like, in my head. So, and I think once we understand those phases and their needs and their um, their position in, in our world, and if they act accordingly, like their mission... Uh, then I think we will be more at ease with our life too. Yes, that's that. That makes total sound. And life becomes so easy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's why the course exists because the course just says, okay, I could tell you four hundred facts and give you four hundred lists of to dos, but to do lists are actually overwhelming for us. Yeah. When we're working with who we actually like, how we're yeah. wired, and so instead you just feed the information. And who you be and who you uniquely are meant to show up in the world as is going to sort it in a way that serves you and your life's mission in a way that I could never yeah. tell you. It's yeah, gonna be. of course, of course. And the thing is, since uh, women in their 30s, they, if they have families, they are having children. So, so they can also, I think, pass this information to their children no matter the sexes. And I, I underline this because sometimes I, I think we act as if the period is only our problem and we shouldn't talk to this about, about this to men. Uh, but I think it's very important for men to understand this. And also if we are raising like our sons, uh, like I think they also need to understand this. Of course, maybe not the whole details, but understand that there is a lot of thing going on and they should also respect that, right? I fully agree. I think it is, there is this line between awareness and education or performance of awareness. Mm-hmm. And I think that actually most uh, most of us, especially when we're hitting menstrual phase, priestess phase, um, we're so sensitive. We really don't want to argue about what's going on with our lives. And we really don't want to be center stage. We are not peacemaker. We're not in a position to be able to handle the interaction. But asserting what's happening to us, instead of I'm going to the bathroom, if I say, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm on my period. Does anybody have a tampon? And somebody mm-hmm. at the table not going, Ugh. if I say I'm going to the bathroom, nobody says, Ugh. so why are you doing that for my period? It's something that's happening. I need a tampon. Like, keep it so simple and keep it that casual. And if somebody does that, then we're all aware enough to say, did you not know that people have their periods? Like, how can we help you? You know, but... It is this subtle thing and it stays subtle and it stays casual when we're all on board. But the only way we can get on board 
And we know this from any revolution of culture we've ever experienced. It starts at home. So if mom is hiding the fact that she's on her period and is making it a thing, then then why wouldn't the daughter and why wouldn't the son go, oh, you're on your you're supposed to make you're supposed to deal with that by yourself. You know, it's how do you speak about it? And one of my most favorite stories, because what are our little ones? They don't have a choice but to imprint on us. We're their source of information. So if I come out, if I'm a duck and I'm born and I see a fish, then I'm going to walk around like a fish because I think that's what I'm supposed to do. Well, if the mental, emotional and intuitive bodies are more powerful than the physical body and I'm a young lady and I see that my mother is suffering with her period and I see that she is um, fighting with dad and is has this look on her face and is missing work and is so angry and just crying and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, the, your period, periods are the worst. And all of her friends are saying the same thing. And the comedian on the street is saying the same thing. And, uh, you know, and it's popular media that everybody talks about how much pain they're in. Then. I'm going to know that I'm I'm going to be in pain. And if I don't have pain, then I should be lucky and terrified because it's all going to change. Like, how do you how do you recover from that versus um, the one of my clients who had shifted? So her daughter had seen both parts. Her daughter had seen pain. And then when mom goes, oh, my gosh, it's my sacred time. I'm going into priestess mode. OK, guys, I'll see you later. And the daughter says, I can't wait till I have my period because I get to go in the temple with you. And then the mom says, I can't wait till you get your period either. But by the time that you do, you might realize that you don't want to go into the temple with me. You might want to go into your own temple. It's a very special time. It's a sacred time. And it's for you. It's for you and only you. And mine is for me and only me. And that's that's great. And and the daughter goes, I got I, I okay like wow and the son goes oh my gosh it's okay to have time you know daddy has has daddy time in 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 the sitting room and and mommy has her time for a few days over here but like all the other days she's like so much fun with us you know and it's just and it doesn't mean that you have to just like cut yourself off although i have had clients rent an airbnb down the street because Mm. they're not able to they know that they want to be able to cut off, but they can't and and their family can't. And so they go just a few blocks away and then they find the gentle way to be able to stay in the house when they're having their three day restorative. Mm-hmm. But all of that. And what are you teaching the workplace? What are you teaching the workplace when you say, if I take these three days home office, you are going to get 150 percent work out of me for the next five days. So would you rather have 25% work out of me at the office and mistakes and me being Mm -hmm. sick and then me being having to stay home because I have exacerbated the situation and now I'm actually laying out flat and I'm gonna have to miss three days of work on top of having my period. Or do you let me do home office so that I can do the work that I know I can handle during priestess phase and then come in guns a blazing to soldier ninja? You know, and and that's what that's another thing that we do is we we make kits for how to present this to HR and to the C-suite so that they can see all the wins because ultimately it results in profitability. Oh, my God. Like, 
I I hope like people who are listening can really understand the depth of this uh, program and what you are talking about because it's not only for women in their thirties, but I think it's for everybody. Like like I said, for women in their thirties, for young women, for children, and, and if we can internalize this and also pass it along the. Uh, generations and people, I think we can uh, have a better understanding of everything, everything yeah. going on. Yeah. Uh, well, I have like uh, many questions, but I think uh, we should uh, give a pause in for this episode. But I, I am sure I'm gonna have you back again because I'm sure I'm gonna have many questions and I also have a lot of questions. Um, but as you know, I have three questions ending this episode. Uh, and the first one is, uh, what were the breaking points in your 30s that made you change something in your life? Uh, and how did they change them for you? Um, the first breaking point was running the marathon. Mm. Uh, people run the marathons on their nines and zeros. And so I started training at 29, but I ran it at 30. And I ran it because everyone in my family had run it. And I wanted to fit in. And I really wanted to like running because it seemed like really fit people and really like successful people run. And every day I did not give up on my training, but every Monday when I did my 6 a.m. long run with my running partner, thank God, thank God for my running partner, or else I don't think I would have been able to show up. Um, I would be crying because it was so against. I was so not made for running. Like, put me on a spin bike, put me in yoga, totally fine, you know, but being willing to recognize that I'm not this thing. Like, I wish that I had not run. I wish that I had not finished. It was a great feeling and it was a terrifying feeling to be standing there and being like, when they shoot the gun, I don't actually have to move. I could just stand here and go home. You know, like, I... <laughs> I, I totally... I'm not a running person either. So, well, <laughs> I, I, to that. I wish that I had listen to my gut and I will never I and that made me resolute never to do something that was so in out of alignment so that was a major breaking point and I also realized I it's not up to cardio or what you eat for how you stay thin or not again the the, the physical body prints what you're emotionally intuitively or mentally doing so if you decide that something is going to make you fat, then it will. But I just shouldn't be like the way that I am. And my mother used to tell me, you're going to be, you're 23. You're going to get so fat if you keep eating the way you eat. You're 30. You're going to get so fat. You're 33. You're going to get so fat. Obesity runs in our family. Like she's been telling me that every year. I just eat whatever I want because it is, it is about who you are being not about all of this other stuff. And so unless you love running because you're a runner and it's in you, then that's that's why you should be running. But I learned intentional workout is so much more powerful than 
just doing it because somebody told you that you're going to get this result. That's ulterior motive, mm-hmm. and that's not helpful. Um, and then just to keep it short, one other thing I would say that was a defining moment was when I left one of the most toxic relationships of my life. Mm-hmm. It was the one that I did not know what narcissism was, but it was leaving a narcissistic relationship. And the reason, the the way that I actually had the wherewithal was because of my period work. I, he was actually threatening to get a diagnosis of PMDD. He had all the data to get a diagnosis for me of PMDD so that if I wasn't on meds, I would be uh, endangering the lives of our, of, of the family if I was not on meds. Because when you have a diagnosis of PMDD, one of the ways to treat it is to have you emotionally controlled for the whole, for 30 days. And a lot of people are like, please control me emotionally. But when you realize that you don't have to do that, like there is a way through. And it just happened that my period work worked on me just in time. So I was able to extricate myself from the relationship through grace and powerfully not leaving with the problem trailing behind me, mm-hmm. you know, I, and, and, and so it really saved my life, the period work, but that was a big one. And I think, I think our society uh, condones narcissistic behavior by accident. And that's another reason why we've got to own our right to taking care of and living in alignment with our womb because it saves us from peril. Oh, that's so powerful. And the, the meaning of all those things, like this, the message that the universe was sending you is, uh, is so like, so powerful. Yes. Oh my God. So maybe you already answered, but my second question is one thing you swore by in your 30s that you don't believe in anymore. Is there one thing? Yeah, hot yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Or by hot yoga. (laughs) I just loved it. And it was my everything. And then we had COVID and we all had to stop. And that's when I stopped doing hot yoga and I realized, oh my gosh, like I'm like, I've, I've taken yoga too far. Like our body's not supposed to do all of that stuff. And so I learned about functional, uh, functional training and functional movement. And, and I have a, I practice a much more conservative version of yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think in my thirties, hot yoga was like one of the greatest things in the whole world. Like such so soothing for the soul because you're just full of so much fire and uh, our third question is if your third year Rosa will be sitting right across you right now what would you tell her to do not to do or to be careful with mm. I would tell her to trust her gut with no evidence I would tell her to listen to her heart and listen to her intuition, even if everybody else says that it's it's go left. If she feels that it's go right, go right. And not because it avoids any lessons, but actually it just does. You just don't have to pay the price if you just listen to your intuition. But the lessons that you are given for not listening to it, 
They're not punishments. They'll make you stronger and more willing to listen next time. Yes. Oh, my God. Like I said, I have many questions. I am already writing my question for our next episode. So I want to get a promise from you that we will have a second episode about maybe detailed question, maybe more specific question about those phases. But I think the information that you are giving and the, the coaching that you are doing is is very important. And I hope that we are passing this message to our audience and people who are listening can start questioning and uh, maybe check out your services. So if they want to reach out to you, how they can reach out to you? You know, it's super interesting because I've always just said website, email, you know, yay. Mm. But this is a topic that is so sensitive and that we have been so hurt by. That I think I actually Gay Hendricks, um, the thought leader. He's a, he's all about self help and success, mm-hmm. um, especially in prosperity. Um, we came together through my period work because yes. his upper limiting work and my period work are very similar. He was like, "I need you to write a white paper," and then from the white paper, it became a book, and so now it's an ebook and an audible book. And mm-hmm. I think. That is actually the best entrance because what it does is it 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 goes through the doubts that we will naturally have because the idea of solving our period non-medically is not, it doesn't sync up mm-hmm. and it's too hard to digest. And so I would say um, the ebook, they're, they're both out mm-hmm. and that would be the best way to start. And then by default, the website is on the description and on the author page. So I really think um, come to it. Don't try to make yourself like it. Come to it when you're ready. Read this information or hear it and then feel what feels right. Because from there, it's joining the collective um, or joining, uh, follow, you know, going on my page and listening to all of my podcasts. Plenty of people get everything they need from just listening to the podcast. And I'm just, I just want you to be better. I really, if I get to benefit from it, that's great because it helps me get to do more. But um, what we need is to stop suffering from something that's avoidable. That is, that's our, our world needs that more than any, more than I need a dollar. So that would be the best way to, that's the best way to start this journey. Perfect. And the name of your ebook is? Ending Period Pain the Easy Way. Okay. And I'm going to have all this information uh, at the bio too. Yes. Like, uh, thank you so much. I don't know if I'm the, if I'm uh, the only one who is very excited about this episode, but I don't believe so. I think people who are listening will love it, love it, love it, because this is, this is stuff that we need to work on, not for ourselves, but for our children, for our loved one and everybody. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope to see you here very soon again. Ah, likewise, this was such a lovely interview. And thank you for providing a place for 30-year-olds to go. <laughs> it is so helpful to have just some light in that darkness because it's such a massively transformational decade 
You can also learn more about Mastering Your 30s club and group programs and all the information about my guest at www.masteringyour30s.com. Can you or somebody you know be a great guest for this podcast? Please fill out our guest form at www.masteringyour30s.com. Listen to the new episode of Mastering Your 30s wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you for listening. Until next time, be good to yourself.